Welcome to the Celtics Pride Podcast on Celtics Blog. I'm Adam Motenko. With me, as always, my twin brother, Josh Motenko. Oh, my God. It sounds like a funeral in here. Jeez, Adam, that was and quite the intro. And my good friend, Mike Minkoff. That that was sounding bleak. Uh, yeah, that was a we that was a tough one. Again. That was a tough one. Should we? That was a tough one. <laughs> oh no, we're moving forward on this. Can one. Can we redo the game too? This is the raw so, and uncut version of Celtics Pride. The instant reaction. No, no, no. This is the raw and uncut version immediately after the game. Celtics lose 104 to 94. The Warriors have won three games in the series. The Celtics have won two. And I would say the refs have also won two. Should we start with them and get, <laughs> just get them out of the way? Yeah, Adam, go for it. You need a go rant for to it. start it off? Uh, I mean, I'm just frustrated that the refs are making it about them. Like the the tease on the Celtics today, like this is a really, really physical game. I would say the Warriors won that battle, but the refs helped because they called a lot of crap. And I think if Ima Odoka gets a, a a fine after this game, it, it won't surprise me. So, so what's the list? Does the list include uh, Marcus Smart's technical foul? Uh, it includes the foul after Marcus Smart's technical foul, for sure. Okay. I would say it includes Ime Odoka's technical foul in the first quarter. Okay. I mean, I, I wasn't keeping, I, I wasn't tracking all of the fouls. That just upsets me more. So why do that? Yeah, Mike, I any thoughts on the I refs? Didn't, I, I didn't, I mean, they definitely had some bad calls, but I thought this was kind of run-of-the-mill bad calls. The reason the refs bothered me so much in, in game two was because Draymond was like literally tackling people and having it, the, those were fouls that were called against us. This game, it, there were definitely some missed calls. Um, yeah. The foul, I think it was again Grant Williams on Gary Payton the second when he actually just tripped himself. That was tough. Uh, I don't know. There were a couple of other ones, but I, I, I didn't think it was. It was frustrating, but I thought that was more just because of the intensity of the the game and situation more than the refs like had it in for us. Um, so it felt like the personally. refs took the Celtics out of the game in the third quarter, and mm, then we could not recover. No. No. Ref, ref, refs can't do it's that. It's our job only to recover. Can, only the Celtics can do that. And the Celtics did <laughs> well, a very look... good job of taking themselves out of the game. <laughs> no, it's a men, it's a mentality thing. I mean, we've talked about it all it season. Is. Right? Wait, it's wait, a, wait, it's wait, a mindset. Wait, wait. Before we move off the refs, because let's do that soon. The one non-call that I thought was the most interesting was when Gary Payton II and Draymond Green went into the Celtics huddle during the timeout after the play was finished, following Jason Tatum with the ball and had to be basically escorted through the huddle, through our scrum. Like, I yelled at the TV, "Get what are you doing? Get out of our scrum. Like, I've never, I've never seen that kind of a situation. Players go into enemy, enemy territory that deep and not have anyone react in any kind of a way, including the refs. Like, to me, that's like when you step over a player and, you know, when they're on the ground and you walk over them, like that's everyone on earth, everyone in the game, all the players on the court know that that is a sign of disrespect. When you walk into the huddle and you're like peeking into the huddle or peeking over into the timeout and you're like, your arm is around the other team's shoulders. Like that's just a blatant sign of disrespect. And to me, the refs need to run in there and get them out of there immediately or assess a warning. Like, like that needs to be a call. You can't, you can't do that to me. You, should the Celtics have done something? On too? Should the Celtics have reacted? No, I mean, 
uh, as a fan, I wanted them to, but if I were on that team or on that bench or on that coaching staff, I would not want them not to, right? Like you don't want to get deeper into a hole or get out the next game by throwing a punch or something like that. I'm not here to condone violence or anything, but have you, have you ever seen a player as Tatum did take the ball into the timeout with him? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, that some was some stuff. like, I'm taking the ball and going home right. at the playground. Yeah. <laughs> Garbage. Yeah, and and there was some little kid stuff that came out with with Tatum there, right? Like you're basically saying he looked like a ten year old. Draymond Green when he was when he was asking Steve Kerr for the uh, for the yeah. challenge late in the game, jumping up and down, he looked like a six year old. You know, like there was some Tantrum. little kid stuff out there the entire night. All right, we done with the refs. That's f- we're five minutes in. Yes. Yes. So, yes. Mike, you brought up that that only the Celtics can take us out of the game. I feel like we did a pretty good job of that in the first quarter. Uh, we couldn't buy a bucket. The first 10 minutes, we were 4 for 17 from the field. If you're uh, doing the math at home, that's 23% in the first 10 minutes of the game. So, regardless of the third quarter, when we actually came out swinging and got back into the game and then gave it away again, like the first quarter was really where it set the tone, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think I think, unfortunately, we played – most of the first half um, as though the moment, the moment was too big for us. We came out, um, you know, the, the players clearly stood on that at halftime, came out, hit eight threes in a row, got ourselves right back in the game, uh, but then let ourselves get out of the game. And then once the intensity ramped back up in the fourth quarter, kind of uh, shrunk a little bit from the moment, you know, I think we're seeing we're, we're going up against you know, multiple time champions that have uh, a true kind of deep level of confidence and understanding of what to do. I I think what came up for us in the first half. And then I think again, in the fourth quarter is we just didn't even know what to do like on offense. We didn't know how to get, get, I mean, easy shots maybe isn't a reasonable expectation, but we didn't know how to get decent shots. Um, And I guess these are kind of scattered reactions, but one, one thing that really bothered me uh, by Ime in the second half is that we didn't go to the Rob and four smalls lineup at all in the second half. And that was the only thing that was kind of effective for us in the first half. And I thought, you know, getting Rob with smart white uh, Jalen and Tatum, you know, early in the fourth quarter um, or, or, even late in the third quarter, any, any time uh, would have been very, very valuable. I think maybe Ime was saving Rob for kind of a final push, uh, but he played him with Horford a lot. Uh, our two big lineup was not very effective. And I think that connected directly to how ineffective our offense was uh, because the when we had two bigs out there, the Warriors were able to really significantly kind of load up on our primary ball handlers. I said a couple things coming into this series. The first was that the Celtics had to take care of the ball. They had to reduce turnovers. 18 today. The I don't have the numbers on points off turnovers, but I'm sure it was a lot like the rest of the, the series has been. I said they needed to stay aggressive in every game, that they had to play aggressive after wins, both in quarters and in games. This is the first time the Celtics have lost back-to-back games in the playoffs. And I said, you can't, you can't play the way you, you have in this up and down fashion. 
this like, let's lose and then we'll come back. We'll put our backs against the wall and then we'll come out of it. You're not going to come out of the series if you continue to do that. The Celtics are not, um, they're not, it's not, they're playing hard. These are not the problems that they had in the beginning of, of the season. Right. It's, you know, like you saying, like the, the moment has been a little bigger than what they've been able to, to meet. I, I, I think I agree with that. Um, and I said that they have to stay focused on defense or the, or Golden State's going to destroy us with movement. And other than some difficulties guarding Steph in every previous game, having bigs drop a, a little bit too much, I think they've done fairly well against Golden State on defense. But these turnovers Yeah, are Golden State us. only scored 104. Yeah, well, I mean, this so, is the number two and, defense in the NBA this season. And... Yeah. You know, we are a notoriously sloppy team um, with the ball. It's Golden State's a really, really good team. <laughs> like, right, and, team, and, team. Uh, not we're just, struggling. It's not, just, it's not just Steph Curry, and he doesn't have much help this year, like a lot of other national media is saying. Uh, but Adam, you mentioned those those kind of crucial statistics. There were some statistics about. Uh, when the Celtics have more or less than 16 turnovers, we have this radically amazing record. When we have under 16 turnovers, all of a sudden over 16 turnovers and our, our records poop. Um, we were, you know, haven't lost two in a row in the playoffs. We were 7-0 and coming into this game after losing a game. Um, yet at the same time, the Warriors are 10-1 and at home, right? So there's all these stats. I, I honestly feel like none of those stats actually matter when you're preparing for this game. For the next game, none of these stats matter. What matters is how do you show up? You know, the Celtics kind of showed up like a bunch of our players didn't want to take the shot. Or once we saw Jalen Brown missing shots, you know, then then it was like, oh, who's going to step up? And finally, Marcus Smart did. Like, if Marcus Smart wasn't an irrational confidence guy, he wouldn't have been there in the third quarter to really help us pull out of that first hole. Um, you know, he, the refs negated, I think, Adam, his ability to make an impact individually like he did in the third quarter in the fourth um so the, the the refs didn't halt the celtics progress but i think they halted marcus smarts a little bit um but we just didn't come out ready to go and that little burst in the third quarter was great to see but you know it's it's short-lived when you're playing in their house uh when clay thompson's hitting shots i thought we did a way better job boxing out wiggins you know there was a couple of late game possessions when grant williams went and and found him and went to him first and boxed him out. And then Horford went and grabbed the ball and fallen out of bounds, saved it back into his teammates. So like we're getting better at all of our key points. Uh, Udoka is still telling everybody, not just the players, but the, the announcers and the broadcast that we need to be resilient. We need to keep playing and fighting through the contact and playing through adversity we can't be complaining all the time. Like it's the same, it's in this way, it's the same as all year that this is the main thing that we're still not over the hump with yet. Um, and Adam, I think it's just, it's unfortunate that we are a young team and an immature team. And so we have to go through these growing pains of, I guess we got to have our backs against the wall and be down three, two in order to, you know, really play up to the level that we need to. Like that's when we rise to the occasion when our backs are truly against the wall. That's because we're young, we're immature. Not going to work in this series. Not against this team. Right. I mean, the other thing the, with this, right. There's with no this game foregone conclusion is, that. 
Go ahead, Mike. No, there's no there's no foregone conclusion that we win the series, right? Like we we may not respond, we may not we may not um, ultimately meet the moment, and um, I I don't think it's over by any strength. I think we could. I think I think there's a very good chance that we can come out and win Game Six, and then you have a Game Seven, and anything goes. But um, I also <laughs> continue to get frustrated with kind of the I know, I know. This is probably not what Celtics fans want to hear because they want to be frustrated and vent their frustrations. But you know, like I've said on podcasts over the years, like Jason Tatum is early for this moment. It's not very often that the the best player on a Finals team is only 24. Michael Jordan didn't win his first championship until he was 28, right? Like. Giannis, I think, even was 26 last year when he won. Um, and that was early. So, yes, the team is is making boneheaded decisions, um, but that happens when you're young. <laughs> um, you know, I think and Kobe won uh, championships when he was younger. He had this guy named Shaquille O'Neal next to him uh, that was actually the best player on the team and that was also older. So... Wait, you Kobe know, didn't I, have I just to think... be the best. Kobe wasn't the I know, best. I know, I know, I know, I know. Right, sacrilege to suggest. Um, so, I think, you know, I've tried to kind of st- keep my focus on just appreciating like this team. Even yes, they have warts. We know they're warts. They turn it over too much. They get taken out of the game and complain about the refs too much. They're a pretty young team to be this far. Um, they have a chance to run it back again as soon as next year. There's no guarantee they'll get back. I understand wanting to seize the moment. Um, but, you know, I still just appreciate how much this team has kind of fought and gritted its way to the current situation. And I'm even as frustrating as kind of this game and the last game were, um, remain kind of excited about we have at least one more in Boston. Right. Silver lining time, right? So uh, the Warriors, if you're looking at the stats, they shot 22% from three. Uh, We did actually have a three-point shot by Steph Curry where he shot the ball from his normal area, right, like six, seven feet behind the three-point line, and then immediately ran in to try to get an offensive rebound off of his own shot like he knew it was off. I've never seen Steph Curry land his jump shot like that running in for an offensive rebound. Uh, So he was way off, right? The whole team was way off. He does that. He does that when he's off. off. He does that when he's off. Well, it, it, I'm used to seeing it go the other way around. Uh, so to me, that's a sign. Like that was towards the end of our little run in the third quarter. And I was like, oh, is that a sign? Is that a sign? I'm, I'm watching this game looking for signs of light. Uh, and to me, that was for a, for a glimmer of hope, a sign of light that like, well, this is a, an example that this this team and this player that are so great and so unbeatable, they're off tonight. Um and yeah, we should have capitalized on that. But I think that that says something about the length of this series, the extent the, and the stage that we're at right now. I mean, you could see both teams were pretty gassed towards the end of that game. These players have been playing a lot of minutes without, without a lot of help. Um, so if we're looking at silver lining, Steph Curry was off. Our defense did do a pretty good job. Uh, I agree with you, Adam, that the 18 turnovers were just too much. Uh, and we also didn't shoot the ball well at all. 34% from three. 
41% from the field. It's not good enough. This is the this is the first game the Celtics looked tired too, or more yes. tired. They were definitely looked exhausted at the end of the game and more tired than than Golden State. The first time so, that's happened this series. Right. Another silver lining, right? Not not that we look tired tonight, but I'm that not we saying it's a silver legs. lining. No, I am. Uh, we we have young legs. I think that that's something I think we have the ability to recover quicker than this other team or most of the other teams we played against because we have young legs. Um, I think that's what helped us get through the bubble uh, all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals as well. Like that's, that is an advantage for this team that, you know, is a small silver lining, silver lining compared to uh, the immaturity that we show as well. I think the Warriors came out and they were far more physical and we just, we didn't match that in this game. Like, like the, the Warriors had 28 fouls called on them to 16 for the Celtics. Yeah. Like as much as we talk about the refs, they called almost twice as many fouls on the Golden State. And yeah. They, and they came point, out, they were poking at the ball. They were trying yeah. to strip everybody. They were really physical. And it was, we were like, what, what are we doing? And, and struggled to deal with that. Yeah. We weren't getting the calls. And when you don't get that and you look at the ref and they're not calling it, I mean, that's, that's kind of how these things trend out. If you are a conspiracy theorist and you're thinking about like, well, the extender is extending the, the series or the refs are putting on a show or they're taking control of the game or whatever you're thinking, whatever you're seeing, whether it's true or not, the league does want the revenue um, of an extended series. And towards the end of extended series, the refs will finally start to put their whistles away and let the final team, you know, in the final games, let the teams that are more physical and that really want it more and show that win those games. Um, I think that they're trying to make as much money as possible, but they're, I don't think it's rigged to the extent that they're trying to decide an outcome at the end of the series. But at some point, they put the whistles away, and who's going to respond? We didn't tonight. So, Mike, I, I want to come back to your, your statement about Tatum being young for the moment because I completely agree, and this is an opportunity. Like, just like the bubble series against Miami was an opportunity to get to the finals that, that I didn't feel like we capitalized on. This is an opportunity that we need. This is a moment we need to capitalize on this. And I'm wondering like, what does that mean for you that it's that, that Tatum is young for the moment? Like, does that mean that, that you forgive him if he can't, you know, meet the moment? Does that mean like, there's no guarantees, as you said, like, what does that mean for how you react to how this team performs um it means that i think if people look back on this series and and feel like he's not performing well enough um and that is an indictment on his legacy or greatness that's an unreasonable stance to hold um yeah i think you want to seize the opportunity if you can but you know, there's two great teams that are going head to head right now. And um, Tatum not being able to lead a team to a finals victory over a multiple championship winning organization and, and individuals like Steph and Clay and Draymond and Igudala and uh, Kerr, etc. Like, it's disappointing. (laughs) It's not the outcome I would want if that's what happens, but I don't, to me, that doesn't say that Tatum can't do it. 
that he's a failure or any of the other thoughts or feelings that I could imagine fans having if that were to happen. So, you know, I, and this is a little perverse. It's kind of like a take you had, Josh, at one point. I don't remember exactly what the take was, but it was like, but if the Celtics, if the Celtics don't end up pulling this out, you know, it gives them so much fuel to focus and work on, you know, the ball handling, the decision-making while tired, etc. If they win despite all of those mistakes, I'd actually worry whether they'd, they'd kind of have the same drive and desire to improve on those serious things that they need to work on. I know it's yeah. like backwards, but, you know, they you have to have a truly special level of motivation um, to, to have the drive to correct those things after achieving a championship. Yeah, but according agreed. to Josh, they're a they're a dynasty. Yeah, I think I think that this is the beginning of a dynasty, Adam. I think oh, I boy. think that this is really easy to it's really easy after a loss to think that the sky is falling. And it's really easy after a win to think that we're gonna win. I the don't think the sky's falling. No, I know. But I you're talking about I think they're not a dynasty yet. Can we talk sure. about it after they've won a championship? <laughs> Absolutely. Just like I was gonna say, I was, I'm right there with you, Mike, on rationalizing it the way you just described. I'm not there right today or tonight, but uh, yeah, in a couple of weeks, I'm right there with you. Um, well, I, I get. I think my macro point is like, I I feel, I mean, pretty much like I don't think my feeling about this team and it's like ceiling or potential is going to change over the next one or two games, no matter the outcome. Like, right? I because frankly i respect the warriors as an opponent like if we beat them that's freaking amazing and kudos to us for doing that if we don't beat them like i do think we can get back here i don't think it's guaranteed um i still think this team is awesome to watch and they'll be in the mix again and they they still are kind of on the upward swing of their trajectory yeah think Um, about it think about it like this the if you took a highlight film of all the best plays of the Celtics in just this series, and then you matched it up next to all of the lowest points of the Celtics for this series, I mean, and you could do the same thing for the Warriors, and it looks like two completely different teams for both of us. So, like, that film session of all the lowlights, all the things that we need to work on, all of Jalen Brown's turnovers... All the times that we weren't, you know, like we didn't know what we were doing because we weren't on the same page offensively. All the missed assignments defensively. All the offensive rebounds by Wiggins. Like if we just made a low light video of that, that's like, that is fuel. Absolutely. But I think you could just as easily make a highlight video where we're about to win the championship, even down 3-2 going into game six in Boston on Thursday. I mean, Adam, how would you... How do you feel about Tatum? Like, how would you feel? I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I can't fault Tatum. I mean, I, this whole team has been so impressive to me all year long, uh, or I'm sorry, for the whole second half of the year, all playoffs long. I, broke I'm up with the team, sho- listeners. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> broke up I'm with the team. <laughs> yeah, I'm shocked where they are right now. Like, I, I'm so pleasantly surprised and happy that they're playing in the finals and that they're competing and that they have a chance to win the finals. I never would have expected that they'd be here. Anybody who says other otherwise, 
is insane as far as I'm concerned, especially early in the season. Like this was not expected. This team has completely, they've gone through a whole transformation this year. Um, And I think many Celtics fans have gone through that with them. So I'm so happy with them. And Tatum has reached a level that I think we all said was the, the ceiling, the vision, the hope for him. Like that he would be a potentially top five, top 10 player in the league. That was what we would hope for, for Tatum when he was drafted, as he was developing. And he's there. He's fully there. Like he's not the best player in this series. Steph is. I think we got to give a lot of credit to Andrew Wiggins in this game. He was the best player in this game. But Tatum, Tatum played well today. Like he's, he looked gassed. He's like airballing threes at the end of the game. He, he, certainly has work to do and the fact that he that like you can see additional progression possibilities for him from the point that he's at now is unbelievable to me like it's this is a huge win for for us as Celtics fans and for this Celtics team to have Tatum at 24 at the place he's at now still with room to grow so like I'm 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 impressed by him his growth as a passer this year has been phenomenal uh, so oh, I, I'm super, super appreciative of, of him and, and who he is as a player. And this moment is unique. And, uh, you know, you, you don't know if this is going to come again in his career. You just don't. So uh, I want at the same time as I'm saying all of that, that's also true. I want them to take advantage of the moment. I want them to seize, seize the day. And they're just not in the way that they need to to win a championship. They could change that in the next two games. You know, I, I, let's go to predictions. Like I, I predict the Celtics win in game six. Uh, what do you guys think? I, I think they do as well. Yeah, I think they win game six, and then I think they win game seven in California. Um, I think the thing that, that I want the listeners to remember as we exit this pod is the – this was a difficult game to watch. This is a, a, a real up and down season overall. And I think it's really important to like cherish each moment that we have here with this type of uh, a team. You know, this is, we're on the cusp of greatness and, and we're the young team knocking on the door of the finals against, you know, the team with 132 games of finals experience when we had none coming into the series. So like, we're the young dogs. We're the, the hungry ones. We're the ones who are up next. And I feel like when I think about, when I think about the season, I think about like what all of the older parents told me when I would ask for advice as a young parent, when I had a baby, it was like the majority of people told me whether they were grandparents or, or just a little bit older than me, they were like, just cherish every moment. It goes by really fast. Just make sure you soak it all up. And I'm like this, that's what we should be doing in this series with the Celtics right now. Like, no matter what happens, we need to be remembering that, like, and enjoying it as it's happening. Like, there was times throughout this game when I was laughing at the refs, and there was times when I was upset with the refs. Like, we got to do a little bit of both and, and remember to soak it up and really, like, be in the moment with this team because, like you said, Adam, you never know. And um, I think that I think that this is the beginning of something bigger and something even greater because we are at the cusp of it, knocking on the door. Um, and so I'm just trying to enjoy it for what it is right now, win or lose. 
Wise words from an old man. I don't know how you can call yourself a young parent, Josh, because if you had been the one giving birth, you'd be considered geriatric. Wow. Wow. Shots fired at the end of a real solemn pod. Man. Josh, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday morning for us here on the East Coast. Can you close us out with that West Coast energy? Yeah, you know, like <laughs> there's a lot of people staying up late in Boston watching this game really upset and, and calling in sick to work tomorrow. You know how you are, you Boston fans who still live there. Um, I no longer do. There's Boston fans who have moved out west, right? A lot of us have. Um, and then there's fans of the Celtics who don't live anywhere near Boston or don't know what it's like in Boston to be a Celtics fan rooting for Boston. They're just a Celtics fan. And they've kind of adopted this diehard mentality of, you know, like <laughs> this, it is what it is. And, and we're more hardcore, more hardcore than most fans are, I think. And um, that's really what it means to be a part of Celtics pride. Yeah. I meant uh, rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Twitter at Celtics pride pod or individually at Mike Minkoff NBA at coach Motanko for Josh. I am not on Twitter. If you're listening now, Consider yourself a part of Celtics Pride on Celtics Blog. Just like the old Hot Wheels guy from the 80s. Good job, Adam. We out.